When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer, Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to the Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. He sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, and he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave Major Turnbull a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes our nation's severely injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. Monday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. This is Buck. I'm here with Clay, and I am back from Scotland, which is, I will say, a fantastic place. And I'll try not to talk too much about it today because there's a lot of big news we're going to get to. Um, Clay, I know, kept everything, kept everything cool, calm, and collected last week. I mean, he did let Trump go get his mugshot taken. You know, apparently some crazy stuff happened while I was gone. I saw that photo. So, Clay, we said no keg parties. I mean, that's not a keg party, but wow, is that a crazy moment in our history that occurred while I was out. I, I almost feel like, Buck, it doesn't really matter at this point when you or I are gone or when anybody out there goes on vacation or takes a trip. We're almost every week something that has never occurred before in the history of the nation, it feels like is happening. And it doesn't matter what week you're like, oh, this week's going to be quiet. I'm going to go somewhere. And then something crazy happens. And I feel like that's only going to accelerate over the next 16 months or so. We're going to see things the likes of which we've never seen. I totally co-sign on to that. It's going to get crazy out there. Um, big thanks to my wife, Carrie, who was uh, uh, okay with me driving around the Scottish countryside, just constantly saying, Oh, you wee bunny lass, you know, just just throwing How out. How was the... Scotland, by the way? Before we get into all the craziness, uh, what would you recommend for people out there who are listening? Scotland as a tourist destination, love it. I think it's I think it's a great country with really uh, charming, endearing people, 
And, you, you know, you're not going there for beach stuff. You're not going to have sunny skies in 85. So it's the summer, but I, I mean, it was 60 degrees every day. Nice breeze. I absolutely loved it. I've been melting in South Florida for the last three months. So I really appreciated it. Uh, food great. Uh, drank some scotch. Phenomenal time. Anybody DM me or, uh, you know, send me a message on Facebook or an email or something. Our VIPs email us if you want an itinerary. I'll give you a one week Scotland breakdown, but, um, you know, I, I even went to the Braveheart, uh, the Braveheart Monument, Clay, or the William Wallace Monument, I should say. I told the lady, uh, who was running it, who's like collecting tickets. I was like, you know, I was going to show up with my face painted blue, but my wife wouldn't let me. And she was like, you should have. I'd let you in for free, you silly bastard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. All right. You know, next time, next time. Did so- you see Loch Ness, by the way? They had the biggest search for the Loch Ness monster maybe ever going on while you were over there can neither confirm nor deny that ex-CIA Buck is in country and we're trying to actually find Loch Ness Monster. Nessie, I think, is that, isn't that her name? Correct, Supposedly? yes. Nessie. Yeah, we didn't, didn't didn't find her yet, but was I a part of this high-tech search mission? Can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's on a need-to-know basis, everybody. So other things on a need-to-know basis, as in for all of you in the, in the audience out there, um, uh, we have, let's see, new polling out. Clay, I get to see the aftermath. I, I watched the debate, uh, obviously af- after it, it occurred. It was like in the dead in the middle of the night in Scotland. Watched the debate and watched much of the aftermath over there. I tried to be offline, but I've caught up all weekend. New polling out showing where the numbers have moved. We'll discuss that. More Americans think Biden is too old to run. 77%, including 69% of Democrats. Also interesting, Clay's Scotch drinking buddy, Gavin Newsom, getting a little bit of heat from some of the Biden camp. You may have seen this. They're saying it's disrespectful that Newsom is running this shadow campaign, whether he gets in or not in the background. So we can certainly discuss that. The feel good video of the week, I'm calling it. If you haven't seen it, we will put it up on clayandbuck.com for you. Were these Nevada Rangers? You saw this, right, Clay? They just, they had these, uh, climate protesters snarling traffic for miles, for miles. And, uh, sure enough, the police show up and they actually did something about it. It's pretty good. The video is great. We can discuss that, but let's start with, we got big news today. Clay. We, we got to jump into this because we got a million things to talk about. I'm so happy to be back and to talk to everybody. I miss the radio fam when I'm gone. I did see. One of our listeners randomly in Scotland, which was a lot I read of that text from you on Friday, yeah. I think, uh, when yeah. you were out on a hike. Yeah, it was great. It was great. No, we're, we're on the, uh, we're walking down and right in the heart of the old city in, in Edinburgh, which is one of the most charming cities, I think, uh, outside of the United States. You can go anywhere in the world. Anyway, um, the, the big news today though, uh, it happened right before we come on is that Judge, uh, Chutkin has set a March 4th, 2024 trial date. Now, this is for the 2020 election January 6th case. Um, this is, uh, this is coming at a time when we're still watching all the pieces get put into place for the legal assault, the legal barrage against Donald Trump. Clay, we talked about this before. You said 0% chance any of these trials. I think you said 0% chance, which is pretty certain that any of them happened before the election. And then you said 
Well, I think uh, I well, said I thought New York City. Yeah, that, might that's what I was going to say. You thought you thought New York. So, so we agree that New York is probably happening, right? Yeah. That's that's where we are. I will say, Dersh, Alan Dershowitz has gone from all four are happening <laughs> to a couple are happening to the latest today. I see Dershowitz. You're killing me here. Uh, none of them are happening. Is the latest from Dershowitz? So I'm just going to say, brilliant guy. But don't ask him, you know, what team is going to win the game on Sunday because he's changes he's changes. It's good to life. cover every angle, Buck. He's going to be right with the perspectives that he's yeah. now adopted here. I'm I'm on I'm on to Dersh on this one. I see. Oh, you can't go from all four are going to which I didn't even think that. I never thought that was going to happen. Yeah. You can't go from all four to zero in two weeks just because. Uh, but anyway, that's where Dershowitz is on this one. Clay, Chuck, uh, Judge Chutkin has set March fourth. Does this happen? What does the timing tell you? And do you, do you think, are you going to adjust your percentages now that one of the three other trials, non-New York, may happen before the election? Okay, so here I think everybody needs to understand what happened. Because I haven't seen anybody discussing this, but remember the timeline here. In Atlanta, the judge in Atlanta initially, do you remember this, Buck? Do you remember what day she set the Atlanta trial for initially? March 4th. And then everybody said this is crazy because it's the day before Super Tuesday. This is the Atlanta state, uh, the, the Georgia state, Atlanta city, Fulton County. Initially, they said we're going to get this trial in on March 4th. Because what what's happening, Buck, is everybody is jostling because really it's almost unprecedented to have four different criminal trials in four different jurisdictions. I can't even remember ever seeing this happen. You you can have a guy charged with a lot of different criminal counts. I've never seen someone charged in New York City, in Atlanta, in South Florida, and in Washington, D.C. So all these courts have to take note of the schedule that exists for everyone else in terms of being able to set their own timeline. So in Atlanta, the judge there said, we're going to have this trial on March 4th. She then reversed that decision, Buck, and now I believe last week said, actually, we're going to have this trial on, I think it was October 23rd, and that news broke, uh, I think, on Thursday, Buck, because I was up in our New York City studio, and and when the headline came up, I had to get on the mic and ask our team, wait, is that October 23rd of 2024 or October 23rd, as in two months from now, which is crazy. So she bumps her trial all the way, this Georgia judge does, all the way up to October 23rd, which, Buck, freed up March 4th. Because the reason why March 4th is significant is they're trying to get it in before, I believe, March 24th. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, is the date that they are supposed to start the New York City case. So they're now trying to angle all these things in. I think the odds that this case starts on March 4th are low. Um, and I'm less concerned about the federal case because Trump could uh, pardon himself on this. But I also think this is all crazy. Buck, you ever have a friend? Maybe I bet you have at some point. You ever have a friend who gets engaged and you're like, do you really know that this means you're getting married? <laughs> and, and it sounds silly to say, but I bet everybody out there listening has had a friend at some point who was just engaged for a long time 
uh, sorry, is dating for a long time. And then at some point, the relationship's not really that strong, but it's like, okay, well, we now we have to get engaged. And you're like, wait a minute, buddy. This means you're going to get married and you're going to spend the rest of your life with this person. I feel like a lot of the wheels that have been put in motion on the Trump legal process, it's starting to dawn on people how crazy all this is. Because you can take the steps, oh, we're going to investigate, we're going to open up a grand jury, and then at some point it becomes real, and you kind of see that light bulb go off, and your buddy who doesn't really understand what it means to get married, when you're engaged, it doesn't matter as much. I think even people on the left, Buck, are starting to recognize, holy crap, this is crazy. We've put the wheels in motion for a presidential situation, the likes of which has never occurred, and no one has any idea how to basically step off of this track that they're on right now. I do think it's fair to point out that the the mugshot and the fundraising that has come from that, and you know, it is a badass mugshot. I'm going to say. I mean, he, you know, Trump Trump leaned into it. I texted it and, you. I couldn't I believe it was real. I couldn't. It, it it looked like something that was. If you told AI make the most you know, fierce Trump mugshot you possibly can. That's what it looks like. So but while we're talking about that and the politics of it, I think there has to be more of a recognition on the right that this legal process that is playing out is going to do so independently in some ways of whatever public opinion may be, however gross it looks, however it affects you know the polls here or there. This is happening. They are doing this thing to Donald Trump. This is real. This is underway. And and I, I keep looking around wondering what the strategy is, other than, I, I guess, just assume that Trump is going to beat all of this. Now, beating it maybe just means delaying it, which I think you, you think is still the likeliest. The only trial, to be clear, you know, now you and I agree on New York, New York is happening. And we kind of assume that he's not going to get convicted there, but maybe that's a bad assumption, right? But New York is happening. They're not going to be able to delay that. I don't think that the uh, documents case is going to be able to happen in time. And now, the more I've looked at it and, and read about it, the all the just sort of the jurisdictional issues and the 17 defendants, Atlanta, that's just, that's a mess. There's, that's a political move masquerading as yeah. a legal move. But the federal indictment from Jack Smith's team in D.C., I mean, the judge has already said, a date. Now, I know it could move and everything else. They're going to try to get this one done beforehand. Yeah. This is the one that I believe they're going to try to ram through the system. And even if it gets overturned on appeal or even if, you know, the Supreme Court weighs in, whatever it may be, this is the one that they're putting all their chips in on to take down Trump. And the, the timing of it, you know, you have to ask, is the timing of it to, to scuttle Trump's uh, chances or to ensure and I people I know don't like to hear that but is it that they think that they can ensure Trump is the nominee and then they can scuttle him with the legal process you know what I mean this is the part of it that I don't have the answer but we need to think long and hard about what the answer is because the other side is playing for keeps I think the calculus and we need to talk about this because I do think this is so integral I think the calculus in their mind, and again, the fact that the Georgia state judge changed her date, to me, Buck, is such a glaring sign of the clear collusion that's going on 
in terms of the way the courts are looking each, at each other to try and stack these cases. Um, I, I think the way this is going, they want to try to get a federal conviction on Trump, brand him as a felon, meaning with the, with the, uh, Washington DC case. And then they want to force him to try to get saved by the Supreme Court. And I think the calculus in their minds is that that damages him immeasurably with swing voters, with independents, with all of those people who will be making the decision, all the suburban moms in uh, in Gwinnett County and in uh, Maricopa County and in the, the Ring County surrounding uh, all of Milwaukee, where I just was, and same thing in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh, all these people that are going to make decisions in the suburbs, I think their theory, Buck, is... I just don't want the Trump show mess that they it's too messy for them and they will vote Democrat just to avoid right. the Trump show mess. And, and there are two conversations that are happening simultaneously right now that I, I think it's uh, it's important to be aware of it. There's the conversation on the right about how this is an unprecedented assault on on just the, the notion that we're a free and fair election-based society, and this is clear election interference, and there's a huge push to just rally behind Trump. And some people who want other candidates, irrespective of all this, I know feel very kind of uh, bullied a little bit into, like, well, now, now everyone has to, like, end their campaign and everyone has to, you know, I see those emails and those comments, too. Um, but while that conversation is happening, you also have, what does the person who is the... The elusive, and there aren't that many of them by the numbers, swing voter in the five or six key states. What do they think of all of this? Yep. And that matters a whole heck of a lot. So it's something we should continue to talk about. Uh, lines open 800-282-2882. Uh, we're going to get into this some more here coming up. Innovation Refunds is helping businesses get an IRS tax refund through the Employer Retention Credit Program, also known as the ERC. The filing process is complex. Innovation Refunds is dedicated to helping business owners navigate the process. They've done this for tens of thousands of businesses. Innovation Refunds survey research shows that many small businesses who had five to 500 full-time employees in 2020 or 2021 might be eligible for an ERC tax deduction. If your business suffered with challenges in those two years, particularly with government-mandated shutdowns, you may be eligible for a substantial refund, too. Innovation Refunds works with an independent network of tax professionals and will share information with them to evaluate and process your claims. Terms and conditions apply. Go to innovationrefunds.com to get started. See if you qualify. There's no upfront charge. That website is innovationrefunds.com or call them 843-REFUNDS. That's 1-843-REFUNDS. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to a hundred times your money on prize picks. 
with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. On this program, Clay and I are here to help you cut through the noise, the ulterior motives, to uncover the truths that no one else is going to tell you. That's what our colleague Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark worked on Wall Street for 50 years. Across those decades, he invented three new indices for the NASDAQ and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade including the recent mania in AI stocks. Mark says the majority of Americans are... Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Happy to have Buck back from Scotland, where he had a fantastic time running all over. I saw the Highlands. What was your favorite part of Scotland that you saw? You had to tell people one thing in Scotland, because lots of people take a train up. They may not spend... A full week like you did. What would be the coolest thing that you saw? When you get up into Glencoe area, which is the highlands that are filmed uh, as part of the uh, shots you see in the movie Braveheart, uh, which you can tell there's a real... It's funny. The tourists all care about Braveheart and the show Outlander as well. I don't know how many in our audience have seen it. Uh, Carrie and I watch together. You know, I'm married now. I watch shows like Is Outlander. Is it good? I don't know anything about the show Outlander. I, I, it's very well done. It's very well done. It's a little, little what is the cons- What's the places. concept of the show? I don't even know that. It's it's pretty interesting. It's a, a woman named Diana Gabaldon is the uh, author. She wrote a series of books. I believe she was a housewife in Arizona who had never been to Scotland. And she wrote this series of books. It's about a woman after World War II who is visiting Scotland with her husband and essentially disappears into a magic Scottish, almost like a Stonehenge rune situation and goes back in time. And yeah, it's like a time travel. And then she's in 1740s era Scotland, uh, leading up to the Battle of Culloden, which is when the British put down very aggressively a Scottish uprising um, and also with it, effectively annihilated what was really highland 
a Highlander culture or went after Highlander culture in a really aggressive way. So that's the movie. I mean, I mean, the, the show, it's a pretty good show. It's actually, but there's a whole, uh, boom, a boost. And I, I heard about this from a few of the shop owners and innkeepers. You know, we stayed at a bed and breakfast in a place called Oban, talked to them about this, where it used to be, and you, I saw this in the, by the way, there were three people on the plane who, who, uh, came over to say hi as well. So, oh, you know, nice. Plenty, yeah. 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 Three different people. I think two of them though I'd seen, uh, Gutfeld, uh, saw me, so I don't know if, they, if they're listening to the radio show. But anyway, um, the, uh, it used to be that there were golf, kind of the golf bros would go over there and they'd go play at St. Andrews. But now they say that instead of just these American guys come over to play golf, they all bring their wives and the wives go on the Outlander tour where they see some of the castles and they go to some of the scenic locations and everything else. So it's been a big, uh, a big help to the tourism industry. It was packed. Edinburgh was jam packed. It was like Times Square around Christmas time packed. It was crazy because they have something called the Fringe Festival going on, which is like an arts festival, a lot of, I don't know, acts, comedians, things like that. Uh, I didn't go to any of that stuff, but, uh, I think also so many people in America during COVID didn't travel and stayed stateside because it was hard to be able to get out of the country. The data reflects that now overwhelmingly people are leaving the nation. So if you were going over to Italy or France or Spain or, or England, Scotland, this summer it has been among the most crowded summers ever for many of those tourist locations. A uh, couple of things that I wanted to hit, Buck, uh, that, that all kind of tie together here as we start off the second hour. You saw and you shared this video of a, uh, a climate protester basically getting just dragged off the road. And I, I want to start with this because you and I were talking about this off air. And I think you agree, and I bet a huge percentage of our audience does as well. If you want to legally protest for anything, if you think that uh, that there's too much uh, people wearing fur or you are uh, fired up about the use of paper, uh, plastic straws, which, by the way, they came out, did you see this story, and said that paper straws are actually more dangerous for people to use, which is predictable, right? This is like this is like what I've been saying for years about recycling. Worse for the environment. Everyone laughs. Buck knows. So whatever you want to protest, you want to protest because there's too much recycling, not enough for it. The minute that you block traffic, I think you should be put in pre- I think it should be a default. You have to spend six months in prison, period, if you are arrested for blocking traffic to protest at all. Because you're creating dangerous environments. You are uh, obstructing thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. You are forcing our, uh, our, our police to come out and take, uh, issue with you. I think you should immediately be put in prison. I think it should be a default six months, no matter what you're protesting. You agree with this? Oh, absolutely. I, I want to come down very hard against anybody who, cause, cause really you got to remember you're a time thief. Think of all the, the time you have stolen. I mean, you could look on the video and see the traffic was backed up for miles. Yes. There's miles of traffic. Now, people say, oh, but what if there's a car accident? Or yeah, stuff happens, and we know that. But, you know, this is like saying, well, you know, if, if you were to, if you delay that many people, 
There could be people who are on the way to see, you know, a dying relative. There could be people who are on the way to a job interview. There are people who, uh, you also in some situations could even snarl traffic that affects first responders from being able to accurately, you know, transport someone who's having a heart attack, et cetera, et cetera. You go down the list. It's a horribly selfish, babyish, childish, stupid thing to do. Uh, the left loves to do it. And in this case, it's funny because, you know, they were, I mean, it's not funny. Fun. Well, it's kind of funny. They were doing it on the road to Burning Man. Yeah. Which is overwhelmingly a, a sort of leftist carnival, right? It, it's yes. a out in the desert. A lot of, I, I've never been, to be fair, and I have friends who have gone. So I'm just based, but it's a lot of, Dancing to techno music and doing drugs and there's like, you know, people dancing around naked and stuff. It, it gets pretty funky. So the left wing anti-capitalist, uh, protesters are stopping fellow left wingers from getting to Burning Man as if that's going to do anything as well. Like, you know, what, what even is supposed to be the takeaway from this? Like, how could you, if these people are terrorists and in a sense they are, how do you even negotiate with this terrorist? They want to abolish capitalism. What does that even mean? In general, every time I see someone protest, it makes me support the protest less. I can't think. This is a good question for everybody out there. Can you remember seeing a protest in your life and thinking, you know what? I'm more inclined to support this protest now than I was before. I can't. I think we have a cut of this. Cut 15. I will also continue to say all protesters are ugly. You ever notice that almost every single person who protests anything, it's never good-looking people. Like, I've never seen a protester and thought, you know, especially, that's a really good-looking woman. I think these are angry people who just want the rest of the world to be as angry as them. That's my general thesis. But here's cut 15. Put them in jail for six months. If you block traffic, period, regardless of what you're protesting, Put him in jail for six months. It would be over just like that. Listen. Get off the highway. This is a state route. Everybody will be arrested if not. 30 seconds. Send your leader to my vehicle. Let's talk. Get off the road. All right, so that is the video. You can watch the video on Clay and Buck. It's a little bit hard to uh, to to hear it all. Go there. to ClayandBuck.com because it's worth. It's the feel good movie of the week. Go go watch this or video uh, because they they've set up they've erected this abolish capitalism barricade, and uh, they, they've erected this in the middle of the street. And this cop, he's like, "Look, guys, you're all gonna get arrested. You got to stop this." He drives his vehicle and crushes. Yes. Their barricade and all their stupid signs and everything else. And then he proceeds to, with some help, like face plant these commie lunatics one by one on the pavement. It is magnifique. I mean, it is amazing. Uh, they absolutely deserve this. You hear them all say, ah, we're not violent. Like they're screaming and they're shrieking and it's amazing because, you know, they, they really deserve it. Um, and, and you, you have to wonder yourself, like, what, what exactly that the people that are doing this kind of stuff, the amount clay of self indulgence, self pity, and self aggrandizement. I mean, the, the the kind of combination of pathetic narcissism that comes into play here. Could you imagine doing this to people as if no. you're doing something for the planet? 
you're you're helping climate or you're helping to abolish capitalism or or whatever these people are there it's not just that they're stupid there are a lot of stupid people out there there's something really rotten rotten in their souls that they would do this to their fellow human beings with no upside and, and actually i think it's a total downside because i come back again to if you are caught in traffic because somebody is protesting on the road and they have blocked the road you are far less likely to ever support anything that the people who block the road would support forever. I mean, I actually yeah. makes me want to support the anti side of whatever protester is blocking the road if I can't get somewhere. You, you know, I'll tell you something. We're also going to talk about this because New York Times front page today, you know, the rise of COVID cases, get ready, uh, COVID. You know, they're all freaking out about it. The, the people, there were many times during the COVID pandemic where I was told that I, I, you know, I had to put my mask on or mask up or whatever. And I can tell you that overwhelmingly, not in every case, but, but pretty much. And certainly anyone who ever said anything that wasn't obligated to do so, like, sir, yeah, uh, right. You know, sir, I'm sorry. Like, this is the policy here. Uh, over there was a little glee that they took because these are very weak, cowardly people who were given this power over their fellow human beings in this moment, and you could tell that they were sort of enjoying it, I think that the people that shut down, you know, that's with the mask, you know, put on your mask, why aren't you masking up? The people that shut down roadways to stop other people from being able to go about their lives and their day because of climate like what they are doing. to They like that they have power to ruin everyone's day. They get off on it. They get joy from this. And that's why I, I don't I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to hear what they have to say. I want their asses thrown in prison. I want them to pay for what they do to people because Clay, this is gonna this happens in the UK. You got these crazy climate, you know, UK people who also try to def, like destroy priceless yeah. works of art for attention. I mean, this this is the ultimate malignant narcissism. And it's because we're gonna save the planet. No, it's because you're a loser. It's because you're a loser that you do these things. To all the environmental activists, get a life. And I would also add this, because we're going to talk about it later in the program, for people out there who said, I don't know why you should even mention the fact that some people continue to wear masks. It's because they will make you have to wear a mask the moment they have any political power whatsoever yep. to do so. So if you don't continue to ridicule and try to crush these people when it comes to their argument in favor of masking, the minute they have a scintilla of political power, and unfortunately you're starting to see it already, they're going to come back, rise back up, and try to demand that you put a mask on when you walk into a restaurant or that you put a mask on between bites on an airplane, they're coming for you. They want to make you put your mask back on. They haven't given up. You have to continue to fight it. Keep your eye on our federal government for an announcement about a new central bank digital currency. According to former Wall Street insider Tika Tawari, the government could announce a mandatory national recall on the U.S. dollar. The plan would be to introduce... A new digital version, much different than the current paper currency you're used to. If such a plan is revealed, you want to be prepared. Tika is exposing this government plan in a video that you should watch. Not only describes the plan, but also shares the three steps you need to take to prepare. 
Go to dollarrecall.com to watch this video. Learn all that's there ahead of any possible government announcement on this incredibly important issue. The website address is dollarrecall.com. Learn how to prepare before it's too late. Dollarrecall.com. Paid for by Tom. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Welcome back to Play and Buck. Here we go. Daily Mail headline. Even more Americans think Joe Biden, 80, is too old to run again. 77%, including 69% of Democrats, say that uh, the president, Joe Biden, can't run the country for four more years. So you have a huge majority of Democrats even saying it, uh, which I think at some level can create a little bit of false confidence because I would argue that 100% of that 69% in a general election scenario will still vote for Joe Biden. So it doesn't indicate that they are changing their minds. But if you look at independence, I would want to see what some of that data suggests because there's there's always the you know clay we we're talking a second ago about what do independents think of donald trump at this point given all the indictments and and the craziness that is uh being leveled against him or that is being deployed against him there's also the what do people think of what do those same people think of joe biden who is is somehow the president and feels increasingly like a non-entity in politics. You don't really, you know, you don't hear that much about them. I know, I know it's August. I know a lot of people are on vacation and no one likes vacation more than Delaware Beach Joe. But, uh, you know, you start to look at this, you say to yourself, on the one hand, there's the response, I think, to the indictments against Trump for the persuadable voter. Uh, and on the other hand, there's the position that Joe Biden finds himself in that includes, as I mentioned, Gavin Newsom uh, now getting a little bit, you know, his people are getting a little bit. Here you go. Biden's advisors fume at Gavin Newsom's plan to debate DeSantis amid fears he is running a shadow 2024 campaign. It is disrespectful at some level. Is the plan of the Democrats going to possibly be irrelevant because the candidate that they have, not irrelevant, but will it be overcome because the candidate that they have right now is so weak that even their legal assault against Trump is insufficient as a dirty trick to keep him in office? You, you know what I mean? I mean, this is there's there's like multiple pieces moving here. I still think that Biden is so incompetent that he's not going to be the nominee. You think he's going to be the nominee. Obviously, they're unhappy with Gavin Newsom and other people circling with the idea that he's not. But let me ask you this. You watched the debate. Yeah. How many people on that stage do you think if they went head to head against Trump, against Biden would win? And let me, I'll tell you how many I think would off the, uh, off the top of my head. I think Vivek would win comfortably. I think Ron DeSantis would win comfortably. I think Nikki Haley would win comfortably. I think Tim Scott would win comfortably. I feel really good about all four of those winning if they were the nominee against Joe Biden. I feel like Trump, if he is the nominee, it's going to be regardless. It's going to come down to... 
uh, a few thousand voters in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Arizona and Georgia, just like we saw in 2016 and just like we saw in 2020. I think that Asa Hutchinson would lose. I think Doug Burgum. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's hard to have much of an opinion on those guys. Some of those guys might be able to beat Biden too. My point on this is Biden is, I think, Buck, historically the weakest Democrat, certainly incumbent since Jimmy Carter, but I think the weakest overall presidential nominee that the Democrats will have put forward in my life. I think he's worse than Dukakis. I think he is worse than uh, than uh, John Kerry. I think he is the worst candidate, and I think most Democrats would acknowledge it. And so, do you agree with me? Like the four that I named, do you think those four would beat Biden handily if they were on a stage against him? Uh, you know, I'm very, uh, I don't know if cynical is the right word, but, I, well, maybe. But I don't think that Joe Biden is going to get beat on the debate stage in a way that really matters. I think Biden is, I know he's too old. I know he's decrepit. I know all this. We all know all this stuff. But he's been doing this for like 50 years now. He's going to just say what he says. He's going to stick to the talking points. He may not, if it's Trump, he may not even debate him, which is a right. precedent now that Trump has left. So I don't think that the debates, if, if we're, ha- what I'm trying to say is if we're hanging our hat on, oh man, assuming that I'm right, which I'm, you know, I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent, obviously, yeah. uh, but, but assuming I'm right and Biden is, is the guy going forward, uh, if we're hanging our hat on, he's going to get crushed in a debate. I think we're going to be disappointed. And I, I also, I know this is, you know, th- it's so easy to extrapolate into the future based on how everything feels right now in politics. And, you know, I, I remember, I mean, I actually just pulled this up because I remember reading it. This was in Politico in July of 2011. Okay. And it was like the end of July. This was, uh, this was basically August, considered August 1st. Same thing. It was like the last day of July. Um, Obama's approval rating hit an all time low. Think about that, everybody. Obama hit an all-time low approval rating. And now that was also Joe Biden was the vice president. There's some connective tissue here. All-time low in the summer of 2011. We're going into, we think we got, oh, we got all these candidates. We got Newt Gingrich. Wasn't he in it, right? We got Mitt Romney. We got, you know, we got all these different guys. Uh, Fred Thompson had his moment, right? We got all these people. And Obama absolutely crushed Romney in 2012. I'm bringing this up because... The world that we see right now, the narrative that we see right now, is the calm before the storm. They are not running ads. They are not spending the money. And it's even beyond the money. As you know, the Democrats can count on the machinery of the media to carry water for them 90% of the time, 95% of the time, right? So they all those huge built-in advantages, I just feel like people, this whole, this, this game that we all play of, oh, Biden, he's so weak. He's, you are running against the Democrat Party. You're not really running against Biden. What I just keep coming back to, Buck, is no one votes for Biden. And I think you're right. I think they vote for the Democrat Party. He is the apparatus candidate. But I think even uniquely, I just come back to, when's the last time you saw somebody in a Biden shirt? When's the last time you saw someone in a Biden hat? Never, but Clay, that includes 2020, really. And look where we are. Well, that's my point. People didn't vote for Joe Biden 
Democrats motivated people to come out and vote against Donald Trump. Which, which and is the, the reason why plan I again, think, right? Is, but is well, it? that's the plan certainly for 24, which is why when I watched that debate, Vivek, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, and, uh, and certainly Ron DeSantis as well, I think all four of them, it's harder to motivate people to show up and vote against them. And so when I, when I look at it, if it's Trump Biden, there's third party, there's health considerations. To your point, it's hard to project exactly, but the Democrat playbook is going to be not you're voting for Joe Biden. It's that you're voting against Trump. Well, I, I, I agree. And with I think that. that's hard to run against any of the four people I named who were on the stage because I think they would trounce Biden. Uh, now, I understand there's also Trump people out there who say, I would never show up and vote for those other no, four. We'll, we'll put that aside for a second, though. Just the, the, um, non-college educated white working class voter in the key states. If we're really narrowing it down to the demographics of what delivered Trump the election in 2016. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, Trump was able to win over enough of those voters in just the right way at just the right time to beat Hillary Clinton. Could those other voters, I mean, other candidates you're bringing up, could they do that? Will they get the same kind of response? And now, so basically it turns into, you're right about the voting against uh, Trump versus uh, voting for Biden, but also, I mean, there is a turnout component of this. And I, I don't know that a, that a Senator Scott presidential campaign or a uh you know DeSantis presidential campaign I think he's a great governor everybody knows that I think he's done a phenomenal job as a governor of my home state of Florida but the big it's a question mark right it's a question mark will they get the same kind of turnout among those voters or but you know the DeSantis people you know what they would say you have college college educated suburban voters including women so and and I also think the the to me the test is out. I understand the argument of Trump motivates a lot of non-traditional voters. He does. I think Trump turns out more people against him who are unlikely to vote than he does turns out people for him that are likely to vote. So to me when you when you assess this there are three ways Trump wins in 2024. One is Biden just has such a physical debilitating thing and that happens. Like he has a Mitch McConnell freezing and would easily could happen, Buck. Two is third party. Cause I think it's very likely that if it's Trump Biden, the third party element is going to be impactful. Yeah. I think that hurts Biden more. I, I, again, again, on team, we want it. We want Republican to win. So Trump's the nominee. We want Trump to win. That's, that's the team we're playing for here. Uh, Jill Stein played a big role in 2016, which people don't like to talk about yeah. very much. And the, by the, the way, the, the libertarian the, the, the genius party. of MAGA was also helped a little bit, a little bit, I'm just a little bit, a little bit, by Jill Stein. And in 2020, all of you knuckleheads out there who voted libertarian in Georgia, in Wisconsin, and in uh, Pennsylvania, and in uh, Georgia... All of you, Arizona, you turn the election, right? If every libertarian voter had shown up and voted for the candidate who was more in favor of freedom, which is Trump, Trump would have won comfortably. But the third way to win is, and I do think this is going to happen, I think turnout overall in 2024 is going to be down compared to 2020. Because I think they were able with COVID and mail-in balloting and rigging the election, everything else, to create this idea 
that by, that you had a choice between good and evil, between the devil who was Trump, this is what the media created, and Biden who was this saint who was going to ride in on a white horse and return America to normalcy. And I think at this point, regardless of what your impressions are in general of Biden, I think the idea that he's brought America back to normalcy, that lie, that decency and trust yeah. and and all of that is unfulfilled campaign promise. I, I so I think see, people will not show up at the same level. I again, this is good, right? Because we can get different perspectives on this, um, and we're extrapolating out of the future, and we're making predictions. And anybody who makes predictions in politics is wrong a lot, uh, and I know that. But this is my way of saying, I think you're going to see in the election year if Trump is the nominee, which right now. You know, the Vegas odds would be heavily favoring him. You will see the absolute pinnacle of anti-Trump sentiment in the election cycle. It will be even crazier than it has ever been before because we're in a post-January 6th world with four criminal indictments outstanding against him, yada, yada, yada. That doesn't, to, to our people, to our audience, that all sounds crazy. But just go around and look at the people that are masking up again. There are a lot of crazies on the other side, everybody. And and yeah. they still believe what they believe. Like, they're still, oh, my gosh, COVID and threats to our democracy and all this stuff. I think that they're planning on having the biggest anti-Trump turnout that they have ever had. Much bigger than in 2020. I think they plan on it, Buck. I just don't know that it works as well. Because now that you've had four years of Biden... I think a lot of people, I don't know that they are going to change their mind. I think you and I would agree, changing minds on voters is hard. And so the idea, if you voted for Biden in 2020, the idea that you would flip back to Trump in 24, I don't think there are a lot of those people. Or vice versa, if you voted for Trump in 20, I don't think you're going to flip to Biden in 24. I think that there are going to be, the way that people will register their disapproval is by not showing up at the same level. And I think we could go from, what, 156 million they said voted in 2020? I think we could go back to 146 million. Uh, I think there could be 10 million fewer voters. I, I really do. If, if I, so I'll, I'll go on the record here. If it is a Trump-Biden election, I think you will see the biggest turnout you have ever seen in an election. You think it'll be bigger than 20? Oh, ab- absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Put a pin in this one. This is where we we disagree on turnout uh, in late August of 2023 for 16 months from now. Uh, if your cell phone, by the way, needs updating and replacing, this is your month to finally switch over to Pure Talk. Upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free, free 5G Samsung Galaxy, two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, ultra-strong glass, and when you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk text 15 gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month, the phone and plan come with an included mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to Pure Talk today. Their U.S.-based customer service team standing by using the cell phone that needs replacing. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. That's the way to upgrade to a free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Geek out with the guys on the Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. 
GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. On this program, Clay and I are here to help you cut through the noise, the ulterior motives, to uncover the truths that no one else is going to tell you. That's what our colleague Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark worked on Wall Street for 50 years. Across those decades, he invented three new indices for the NASDAQ and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade including the recent mania in AI stocks. Mark says the majority of Americans are born on America's darkest day of 9-11. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck Podcast. A new episode every Sunday. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of violence still taking place all over the country. There's a article up at OutKick that I was just reading during our show, Buck, that a Chicago camera crew went to report on all the violence in Chicago and was robbed while they were there to report. The same thing happened, I think, to a CNN crew that went to San Francisco to report uh, the Nordstrom in San Francisco, which I bet a lot of our listeners have been to because it was kind of an iconic uh, Nordstrom location. Been there 35 years. They're shutting down because the amount of theft and the lack of safety in San Francisco, all of this is happening. But I also wanted to mention, Buck, down in Jacksonville, a shooting at a Dollar General there, racially motivated shooting. And certainly, we are opposed and would encourage everyone out there to not engage in violence for any reason. And certainly, on top of not engaging in violence, don't engage in violence against anyone of any background in particular, right? Treat your fellow humans well would be the general perspective. I will say this, though. Within an hour or two of this racist coward's attack, his manifesto was public and everyone was widely discussing the motivations of the serial killing coward in Jacksonville. 
We still, in my hometown, Buck, of Nashville, the trans shooter who stormed that Christian school and killed multiple people in March, the entire manifesto, all of her writings, still not public. And I I would just ask the question, how is it that within an hour of a racist killer in Jacksonville committing a heinous crime, which we condemn, how is it that that manifesto is out and we still don't know all of the writings and motivation that undergirded the decision-making of that awful killer in Nashville, my hometown, back in March? The left in this country knows that to politicize a tragedy, you have to act on it right away. In fact, act on it so quickly, meaning, you know, get a narrative out so fast that you haven't even necessarily waited on all of the facts to come in. They also know on the other side of things, if you want to make sure that there are no political uh, consequences or political opinions that will shift in response to uh, a tragedy or a, a horrific incident of some kind, delay it. As long as you can delay the motive, delay naming the person and showing photos of the per all of that. And we see this time and again. I mean, in some ways, I think, uh, well, there are a lot of the, the Nashville manifesto is, is now the, the most prominent example of it. I always think back to the Pulse nightclub shooting where the FBI, this guy, uh, Omar Mateen, who was the, sorry, I know we don't name shooters, but anyway, I, I, there's this guy who was the, Pulse nightclub made a mass murderer had called in and you remember this clay and he had said, you know, I'm doing this for ISIS. I'm doing this for Allah. I'm a member of, I'm a jihadist. Like I explicitly saying it is to to police on a recorded line and the FBI released transcripts removing words like Allah. So, you know, he's like, I praise fealty to boop, bleep, you know, know, cut, cut it out. Can't, can't hear that. And, this was the FBI, and I was under the Obama administration, the FBI that did this. Part of the way that they get away with this, or at least the way that they justified in their own minds, perhaps they justified publicly, is they will say, oh, well, we don't want there to be, um, th- there could be backlash against this community, which I'm sure is a part of the Nashville manifesto situation, right? Like, oh, if... If people found out about this transgender mass murderer of children and that she did it because she thought that kids should all be having transition surgeries and Tennessee opposes this, whatever, um, then, then, then there would be, you know, violence against trans people. What's interesting is, so they always assume that if there's some mass murderer who's a, you know, who's a, a, a white guy and a truly evil piece of trash, none of that applies. Like there's yeah. no, that, that argument doesn't, does it, because now you got people even worse than that, Buck. It's the next step of this is representative of how heinous views like this are, which are all too common in the white community. That's it's right. not just they, they take the next step and say, all of you collectively are responsible for this guy's actions. And then when you have a trans shooter, it's, well, this is just a lone wolf. This person doesn't in any way represent most trans people or to your point. Uh, even when a guy is explicitly saying I'm engaging in a violent terrorist act on behalf of my belief in a religious organization, the immediate response you get is, well, this guy isn't representative of most Muslims, most members of the Islamic faith. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, this is, this is the way that they do it. I mean, this is the way that they engage in a politicization and, and propaganda after a, a horrific, violent event. And I'm not, we, we have all these, uh, I don't want to play these sound bites just to be clear to our team, but I'll just name some of them. Like the Jacksonville City Councilwoman, uh, who accosted DeSantis and a congressman who blames DeSantis for the Jacksonville shooting. To blame Ron DeSantis for what happened in Jacksonville is completely insane. It is intellectually yes. dishonest. It is unethical to make that kind of uh, connection. It's also insane. It's irrational. What exactly? What are they saying? Are they going to go with the because of like? Let's take a step back. What has been the big objection to Ron DeSantis from the activist contingent of the Democrat? Uh, party and the black community within the Democrat Party apparatus over the AP history curriculum or something like that, right? So are, is now, is that why they're blaming Ron DeSantis for some, uh, mass murdering, uh, you know, racist white shooter? I mean, what, in what pop, like, you see what I'm saying? In what yeah, possible no, it, universe? Ron DeSantis has got Florida crime at a 50 year Low. Everyone is safer in this state because of Ron DeSantis by the numbers. But then there's some racist who who shoots a bunch of people, kills himself, um, and you know otherwise we'd be sitting here talking about how he should get the death penalty. And you're saying what? How does this tie to Ron DeSantis? Like it's such a slander, is my point. It's such a grotesque slander, and mainstream Democrats are throwing it around like it's no problem. Yeah, well, they want to brand him as racist. And I will just point this out. The only reason that the media covers most black murders is if a white person is involved. Just think about that for a minute. Black death, when it occurs at the hand of another black person, no one in the media pays attention. If you actually want to talk about Systemic racism, just think about this for a minute, let it percolate in your mind, is it only caring about black death when a white person is involved in taking it? Evidence of black lives not mattering? Because the black life only matters when there is a white individual involved in taking it. Otherwise, all, and by the way, that's a tiny pinprick of the black murder rate. Well, this is because there's no there's no political advantage in talking about black on black crime for Democrats. That's that's the or black on black murder for Democrats. It's not there it's is, not even discussed. Yeah, but but the reason that they focus so much when there is and it is statistically it does happen, but it is statistically uncommon. Uh, a, a and that's across that's not even just in a a racist incident like this where there is a racial animus that. We know because I've already released the manifesto. We know this guy was a, a racist lunatic. Um, but even just a white on black murder in general is statistically uncommon if you break down the data for murders, but they focus dramatically on it and there's this nonstop media coverage of it. Um, and, and it is to your, to your point before about how the, the narrative is that this is somehow representative of a white supremacist culture of, of, the Republican Party, of Ron DeSantis, of Donald Trump, of whoever, and they just use it recklessly, this narrative, as a as a club to swing at people, to hit people with. And it, it's gross. 
And it's particularly gross because it's used, I think, as a smoke screen or it's used as a shield from having to actually look at where are most of the murders occurring, who are the victims of most of the murders, who's committing most of the murders, and how do we bring those numbers down so everybody is safer? Like what can be done as a policy? Can't, that's not the discussion. The discussion but, is some, some racist loser maniac shoots a bunch of people and it's Governor Ron DeSantis' fault. Like th- this is what they do. This is how Democrats are. Let's give, by the way, credit. You mentioned the Democrat Jacksonville City Council member actually defended DeSantis. I think we have a clip. From oh, let's play that. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Let's that's that is. Uh, let's that make is sure we get that question. right. Uh, yeah. he, he, let's listen to that. I I've heard it. I think, but let's let all of you hear it as well. We are not going to allow these institutions to be targeted by people. We. Okay, listen, y'all. Let me let me tell you. We finna put parties aside, cause it ain't it ain't about parties today. A bullet. Don't know a party. So don't get me started. She's absolutely correct. And bravo to her, Jacksonville City Councilman. So it was, it was a congressman, Max Frost, who blamed Ron DeSantis for the Jacksonville shooting. But Jacksonville City Council, do we, what's her name? Do we, it's not on the, uh, the cut sheet here. But Jacksonville City Councilwoman, um, it says Acosta DeSantis, but it's actually Acosta DeSantis hecklers on the next line. So, uh, good for her, um, for making it about what it should be about, which is uh, bring the community together, um, trying to trying to heal and, and and letting everybody know that yeah we're we're all opposed to any actions like we're opposed to murder across the board. Certainly opposed to murder that involves any kind of animus against an individual because of you know who that individual is or how they look. Jacoby Pittman, Democrat councilwoman there, and I also just point out Buck as we go to break here. DeSantis went immediately to this incident that took place in Jacksonville that was of a uh, a racially motivated angle and showed up to try to address the issue. Maybe just compare that a little bit with Biden, who doesn't in any way manage to get to Maui for basically two weeks and oftentimes still hasn't gotten to East Palestine, Ohio, oftentimes is unable to actually show up at many of these incidents that are happening all over the country in which typically a president would show up. And uh, and and people say, why does it matter? Well, where the president goes brings media, brings attention. Biden just flat out doesn't do the job on its most basic level. Uh, Got to tell you, Innovation Refunds, they've been helping small businesses get a tax refund through the Employee Retention Credit, or the ERC for short. Tax refund for businesses that kept employees on payroll for parts of 2020 and 2021. If you own a business with more than five employees, there may be a refund in your future. Innovation Refunds earned the highly coveted SOC 2 certification. SOC 2 certification, compliance standard developed by the American Institute of CPAs. It specifies how trusted organizations should manage customer data in the areas of processing integrity and privacy. Innovation Refunds does not provide tax or legal advice. They work with an independent network of tax professionals and will share information with them to evaluate and process your claims. Terms and conditions apply. Go to innovationrefunds.com to see if you qualify. No upfront charges. They don't get paid unless you get paid. Website again, innovationrefunds.com. You can call them to 
1-843-REFUNDS. That's 1-843-REFUNDS. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.